Welcome back to the Knit British Podcast, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fibre and knitting. On this journey, meeting all of the people involved from sheep to skein, I am your host, Louise Scully. Knit British, love local wool. Knit British is delighted to be sponsored by Brit Yarn. Brit Yarn is an online wool haven run by Isla, and Brit Yarn stocks the very best selection of British wool. Isla runs Brit Yarn on the woolly principles, so you can be sure that your yarn purchases are big on provenance and celebrate the British wool industry. New at Brit Yarn are a year of techniques by Arnold Culliford Knitwear, Kate Davies' new book, Hapit, and also Isla has Candy Cane, the West Yorkshire Spinner's signature sock festive yarn. To celebrate and share in a love of British wool, click on the logo on the show notes or visit www.brityarn.co.uk. Hello and thank you so much for joining us today. It's Lovely to have you over here. Welcome, welcome. Settle in, grab a whip, grab a drink, because we've got a packed show to get through today. This episode is called A Shape of Things to Come. It refers to the fact that there's only one episode in November and that's the new schedule for 2018. And I know you're worried. This is episode 96. You're thinking, how are we going to get to episode 100 in January, Louise? Don't worry, there are plenty of episodes next month for you. Thank you to all those of you who've been so supportive about the decision. There were one or two of you who were quite candid and tell me that you were disappointed and I can be quite candid and say, if you're so disappointed, you can just tune out. Be sad to see you go. But, you know, I love doing this podcast and I hope that you still love listening, even though it's one episode a month. So I will definitely be putting the same amount of love, laughter and really enthusiasm into one as I do with two. Uh, so I hope you do stay tuned. With regard to frequency of the podcast and with the exception of January and probably March, you can expect the Net British podcast around the middle uh, to end of each month and... Nothing is really changing in terms of content apart from one or two things like I'm changing how I I, um, sponsor the podcast slightly. Uh, There will be some new features too and one of which I'm about to tell you about. I'm changing my schedule for anyone who hasn't heard the news. I've got an awesome new job. It's full-time. It's a non-rule job. I'm utterly delighted and I love it. I absolutely love it took the decision to keep on doing keep up with the schedule until the end of the year because one we have all of our woolly muckers and I want to introduce them all to you before the end of the year and yeah I was never going to get to 100 episodes in January if I didn't carry on doing two months but it's been it's been difficult you know it's not been easy I'm absolutely not prepared to put myself in a place of burning out where uh, I'm going to continue doing two episodes a month it's just nonsense so i'm really looking forward to the new monthly episodes for so many reasons for anyone who wishes to include their news or have reviews etc i will have deadlines for inclusion now and you'll be able to find these on the website it it makes it easier for me just like a magazine i suppose there's always a deadline for copy uh talking of the website thank you so much to those of you who wrote how much you enjoy the show notes. Uh, You might remember that last time I was so chuffed that Lynn had stopped by the show notes and said how much she enjoyed them. And I had said, if anybody doesn't normally, you know, go to the show notes at knitbritish.net, go over and let me know what you think. And you were also very lovely. And even those of you who do read the show notes at knitbritish.net had lots of lovely things to say. Thank you very much. It's lovely. It's really lovely to know all of the ways that you enjoy listening to the podcast. One of the things we're going to be doing in 2018 is bringing back a classic and expanding on something that's been really popular in 2017. We have had such great feedback on the Wooly Mucker reviews and 
I think that's down to the fact that it's so amazing to hear different perspectives on the same yarns. And I really think that this would be a great way to explore breed yarns because as much as you guys are always so enthusiastic about trying breed yarns, there's still people coming to the podcast who aren't sure and don't know if they want to try and feel like some breeds might be what they think of as scratchy or itchy. You know, I don't like using those words around here much. But I think having some reviews on different breed yarns and having different reviews on those breed yarns would add such dimension uh, to our understanding of breed wool. We've had the ongoing breed swatch along in the Knit British group for a couple of years and I've been trying to think how to bump that up again and bring it back to the fore and I think a collective review each month would be really interesting. So with that in mind, I'm delighted to hail 2018 as the year of our wool exploration. Each month we'll all knit, if you are so inclined, all knit or crochet with the same breed wool. It doesn't need to be a particular brand. It can be natural, it can be dyed, it can be spun differently, it can be commercially spun, it can be small scale spun, spun, it can be hand spun. As long as it is 100% wool belonging to that named breed, that's that's all it needs to be. It doesn't matter if it's lace, four ply, double knit, chunky, all it has to be is 100% of that breed wool. So no blends, and this might require careful reading of the labels and double checking with yarn sellers, because as we've seen in the past, there are are yarns that can be called um, after the breed and not have much of that breed in it. It might be a mixture. So, you know, you're going to have to be checking your labels and challenging any unclear labels, because, you know, we like to challenge that here at Knit British. And let's go on this journey of exploration together. We will make a swatch and let's make a big swatch, you know, no four by four nonsense here. We'll follow the the same guidelines that we did for the breed swatch along uh, for swatching. And I I will give those guidelines a bit of a revamp. I'm going to do a post on this after this podcast goes out. So all of the information will be there. Uh, But what we'll do is we'll note the process from ball to swatch and how that breed wool washes, blocks and wears. And then we'll discuss the findings in a monthly thread in the Knit British group. And then I will share those collated rounded views on the podcast and we'll create a really great reference source, not just for ourselves, but for other people too. And I know that so many of you have knitted and crocheted and explored British wool and also local to you wool if you're not in Britain and have enjoyed the swatch along. So I'm really hoping that that you will want to take part in this, even if perhaps you've used that breed wool before. Um, It would be really good. While these breeds that we're going to be exploring are British breeds, I am very happy for you, wherever you are, to source that breed wool from your country. You don't have to have bought your wool in the UK. If you live in America and you've got Shetland wool local to you and that's the month that we're doing, then you can use that. I'm really, really keen to build up a picture um, of, of breed wool because as I say, breed wool is not homogenous. Everything is slightly different. There are lots of reasons why the breed, the fleece isn't going to be exactly the same. So I'm really excited to see what we might find out together. And if that has whetted your appetite, and I really hope that it has, I'm going to give you the first four breeds that we're going to explore in January, February, March and April. So in January's episode, we are going to be looking at North Ronald Sea. In February, we will be trying out Gotland. And in March, we will be giving Ryland a whirl And in April, it's going to be Jacob's. I know those, uh, hopefully, you will be able to find those yarns and tops if you want to spin in lots of different forms. There's no cast on date here. So you could go and knit a swatch in those four now. But, you know, we'll be discussing them every month. Uh, But 
for the purposes of recording and creating info, there will be deadlines to get your reviews on Ravelry by. And while we will be discussing the North Ronaldsey in the January podcast, the deadline for your reviews is going to have to be the 28th of December. Um, it's because the January episode is a little bit earlier in the month than all of the other episodes. But, you know, that's plenty of time to knit a swatch, isn't it? And give it a, give it a, give it a road test. So as I say, there are no cast-on deadlines um, and you can, you know, you can use any knit or crochet stitch that you want and make it all about the pattern that you want to knit and what you think this breed wool will look great in. And I'm really kind of excited about doing this and have been thinking about it for ages. And I hope it's something that you're going to be excited about too. You don't have to join up. You don't have to sign up. You know, there's there's none of that. Don't have to commit to knitting all of the wools all year. It would be wonderful if you did. But, you know, you can, you know, if a, if a breed yarn comes up that you haven't tried before, this would be an excellent opportunity to do that. If a breed yarn comes up that you have tried before, but you've maybe not swatched with it and given it this level of exploration, this would be a wonderful opportunity to do that. I hope that you are already now thinking, ooh, where can I get some North Royalty from? And let me tell you, I can help you with this. Um, our sponsor this month is Brit Yarn and Isla has both Blacker's North Royalty, um, which is, there's a little discount on that just now, let me tell you. Um, and she also has a yarn from North Royalty, which is available in a range of natural colours and weights. If you are thinking that you might buy that yarn from Brit Yarn, listen in to later in the show when there may be a little discount code for you. Just just saying. Um, if you want to try dyed North Royal Sea, well, Countess Ablaze did do this base for a while. I don't know if there's still any in her shop there, but there's also uh, the Little Orkney Dye Shed, .co.uk and, and there's a lot of beautiful dyed North Royalty there. I am going to attempt to spin some North Royalty, which I've never done before. And this week I got a very lovely fluffy package from North Royalty Yarn.co.uk. Um, they seem to be the only place that I can find who are doing North Royalty fibre. Um, I don't know if anyone else has got any sources for North Royalty fibre, then put your hand up and, and, and let us know. As I say, I'm going to do a blog post and so it'd be great to put this information in there. Uh, but, oh my goodness, the fibre is incredible. Now, Knit British listeners of old might remember that North Royalty didn't agree with me when I knit with it a few years ago. That I think that was possibly when I before the podcast, and it um, wouldn't say I was allergic, but they kind I was wasn't very tolerant, and I did get a bit of a, a, like a like a rash from from around my nose and mouth uh, from from breathing in. Uh, I have tried to use it again uh, and fared better. Um, but I think it, it was possibly, you know, chopped up in, uh, in the preparation too much and that's why the, the fibres were kind of flying. I get the same with cheap alpaca yarn that's been sort of shedded up in the spinning. So I'm I'm quite interested to see how I fare with spinning it myself. And I've never spun with North Royalty. Have you? Have, you know, do you have any tips for me? It would be great to know. It would be lovely to know what you think about our year of wool exploration and and so tell me, let us know in the in the comments on the show notes and in the Knit British Ravelry group what are your thoughts about the year of wool exploration. This leads very well actually into our next section which is indeed our blind review this month. Um, I was sent some incredible wool samples for me to enjoy and because I was sent such a generous amount I asked the Yarny if I might be able to share the love and give a little bit to two of my woolly muckers um, to try out for the podcast. So I sent Anthea Willis 
who's going to be our next Willie Mucker on the podcast next month, and Mazzy Faulty, each a different sample of these yarns and ask them if they could do a mystery review. And I'm delighted to tell you that these yarns are from Lifelong Yarns. Lifelong Yarn create blends of yarns lovingly and expertly spun at the Border Mill from the Scottish Blackface Sheep. Now, you might remember I told you about the shop launch a few episodes ago and I was utterly delighted and spoiled that Pauline, who is the enthusiastic force behind Lifelong Yarns, wanted to send me some. And I'm so, I'm just it's just wonderful that she is raising the profile of Blackface Sheep Wool for knitting yarn. This is not a yarn that you find it's so often because it's relegated to carpets and upholstery and seat paddings and things like that. So Pauline is an, is an incredible, enthusiastic force, as I say. Now, before I reveal a little bit about the yarns, let's have a little bit of background. So Pauline was curious as to why nobody was making blackface yarn. Um, they're definitely, those sheep are definitely part of the landscape of Scotland. If you've been anywhere from the lowlands to the highlands and the borders, you would have seen, you will have seen the blackface sheep. Uh, and she kept hearing that it was just too coarse for yarn and it was best suited again to carpets and things. Uh, but doing a bit of research, Pauline found that blackface wool had been used in years gone by to make hard-wearing woolens. And that was really enough for her to pick up the phone to the border mill and start a journey in creating blackface blended yarns. Pauline sources the blackface wool locally in Midlothian and they're able to pay up to 10 times the market value for the right blackface fleece uh, that meets the criteria for the kind of yarn that they want to create. The wool is grown, spun and sold within less than a 50 mile radius. Now that's pretty incredible, isn't it? Uh, And there are several blends in the Lifelong Yarn Shop. So there is Yarrow, which is available in light double knit and Aran and now four ply. It's 50% blackface and 50% blueface Leicester. There's Linton, again, it's available in light DK and Aran. It's a lovely, vibrant lilac colour. It's 50% blackface, 25% Shetland and 25% South Down. Uh, there's Fala, which is another Aran, light DK. It's 50-50 blackface and Shetland. And that comes in a beautiful kind of a sagey green. There's Etric, which is 50% blackface and Cheviot. And that's a gorgeous plum. That's also available in light double knit and an Aran. Then there's Sutra, which is a really gorgeous yarn. It's a different blend of the blackface and Shetland this time. It's 66% blackface. It's a lovely, lovely dark inky blue black and it's just gorgeous so woolly um the price has ranged from 19 pounds 50 to 21 pounds 50 and i was really struck by the great color choices because while there's only one or in the case of the yarrow four ply two uh, shades for each blend Pauline has been really clever putting these colours together. They really appeal and actually they would work well um, with other shades of the other yarns. Uh, I sent Yarrow, the blackface and blueface Lester, to Mazzy for her to blind review. She had no idea what the blend was other than it was a blend uh, that had 100% wool content. And this is her review. Now, bear with me because I'm going to read this off Ravelry. She did a fantastic um, Ravelry review following her own sort of modification of the Breed Swatch Along guidelines. So I'll put a link in the show notes so you can see this. So she says, Breed, no idea. If I had to guess, I would probably go for something like Borre or Herdwick, blended with a much softer wool such as Shetland. 
this yarn could be fingering weight, but it feels like a dense one. Sport weight, perhaps, and that's great because it's a light DK. Uh, feel, it feels soft yet strong. It has a very rounded cross section as a yarn. It's relatively high twisted and doesn't have much give when stretched. The colour, I'm assuming, is a natural white grey shade. The two colours seem to be mixed thoroughly throughout all of the strands of this yarn and it produces a nice lively effect when knitted up with elements of light and shade in each stitch. I knitted a section of cable pattern uh, after a K2P2 ribbed band. My thinking was that I could wear the swatch over my sock to uh, test its durability. Feeling uh, to knit almost like knitting with a cotton yarn in some ways, but with added wooliness. Even though the yarn seemed quite tightly twisted, for some reason it also appeared to loosen slightly as I knitted with it, but that might just be my technique. It resulted in a tendency for me to poke the needle through the yarn itself, but I wouldn't say that I had a problem to the point that it would put me off knitting with it. Observances of the unwashed swatch. The cable section had plenty of definition in the stitches with nice, firm, structured feel. The rib sections had a good stretch. There were a few fragments of clean organic matter that appeared in this small sample of yarn, but they slipped out easily. There remained some longer, looser fibre on the fabric, which gave a really nice woolly look. Wash block wear test one. Mazzy chucked this in the standard 40 minute machine wool wash on a 600 RPM spin with some e-cover uh, for the rinse. And she said she didn't really block it. She just stuck it on her forearm to dry. Ironically, she said this was more uncomfortable because you can imagine how it, would, how it would feel to have wet wool drying on your arm. But once it was dry, it felt smoother and softer. Uh, then when washed, I spent a week wearing it over my sock and the ball of my foot. The lower section changed quite dramatically. It became much softer, slightly matted and the halo more pronounced. The rib stitch flattened out and stretched quite a lot and lost its springiness, although it was possible to pull it back into shape. Wash block test wear two. Uh, soaked in biotex for a while. The swatch had become quite grubby in the wear before, so she then hand-washed it as vigorously as she could with a little drop of detergent and then soaked it in e-cover. Uh, again, she didn't bother blocking it. She just squeezed out as much water as she could and then left it on a towel to dry. She said the fabric had fuzzed up a bit and was much softer and it had formed a dense, warm fabric with plenty of halo. She says, I did wash the swatch very vigorously, rubbing it hard um, in the way that I wouldn't normally treat woolen, woolen fabric on a view to give it accelerated ageing. Although though the swatch has definitely eased up and grown slightly compared to its unwashed size, the rib section has regained some of its stretch and it doesn't seem to be displaying any thinning of fibres, which is usually the first sign I see of sock wear and tear. I slipped the swatch back over my wrist and it was comfortable, soft and warm. It might not suit the most sensitive skin, but I'd be happy with this touching my head or hands for a glove or hat. In her final assessment, she says it's a warm, cosy and characterful yarn on life and longevity. She says so far, this has shown itself to be surprisingly tough. I think it would make a beautiful cable jumper or cardigan and would be great for hats and mitts too. I'd personally hesitate in trying to make all wool walking socks, although I think they'd look great in this. But I do think it'd be worth giving a try for a rather special pair of socks. Do you... To the stretching of the rib in the swatch when I wore it, I would be wary of knitting something that relied on ribbing for its fit. That's really helpful, isn't it? This is this is the kind of guidelines that we would be doing our wool exploration on. So it's really fantastic that Mazzy chose um, to do this kind of format for her review. Um, I asked if there were any surprises and she says, having been told that this yarn is 100% wool, I was very surprised on how difficult it is to break with my bare hands, which is one of the things that le uh, initially led me to think it might be really durable. I was really surprised by how much it softened with wear. If you had given me the worn washed swatch to stroke, then you might have convinced me that it was an Angora sweater. Mind you, this may say more about my gullibility and lack of familiarity with vintage garments than about the wool itself. 
Future use, she says, the swatch has stood up to my destruction wear test well and I could be very tempted to try making socks with it. I'd also love a cabled cardi in this. Hokey Locatelli's grandpa cardigan is the sort of thing I'd have in mind, although I don't know whether this wool is actually heavy enough to knit with as a DK. Isn't that the most fantastic format of a review? It's just brilliant and I'm so pleased that Mazzy was able to do this review because Mazzy is our mucker from um, a few months back now and this is the one of the first um, reviews she was able to do for us. She's also done another one for a yarn that was supposed to be out this month but sadly it's been pushed back a little bit so you'll have another review from Mazzy coming in the near future I hope that was fantastic Mazzy thank you so much for giving it such a thorough review and such a thorough exploration that was wonderful really inspiring actually so I also knitted with the yarrow and I cast on a big old swatch with garter and some lace I think it was called uh, wing winged lace stitch and firstly I need to say that I was so pleased and surprised by this yarn because you know me I love a cartful yarn and I did expect there to be more crispness in this yarn I really did knowing what was in it and that was fine with me and when I emptied the envelope in my office I squished all this yarn and I was just so surprised at how soft they all were and I ran down the hall and the lovely fellow was was coming the, up the other end. And I was like, try this yarn. Because, you know, he is my prickle factor detector. Because, you know, I, I'm i slightly numb to this a little bit. So I rubbed this, this skein of yarrow on his forearm. And he I said, what do you think this is? And his reply was, soft. <laughs> and it is soft. It's soft to the touch. And... That doesn't mean it isn't characterful because it is characterful too. There are some incredible crimpy thin fibres in the twist and I was really looking forward to seeing how they knitted up in the fabric. So it was a really satisfying wool to work up. Plump, nicely smooth, as Mazzy said, nice twist on it as well. I didn't find that I poked the needle through the ply though. I loved how garter looked. I loved how the lace looked. And I had to tink back quite a few time, times and rip out. So the yarn did not split while I had to re-knit. Um, I was very pleased with how, how it ripped out. Um, because, you know, ripping is part of our knitting career. You know, we want yarns that, that if we have to rip them out, they're going to be okay to knit with again. I While I was knitting with this yarn, I pictured lots of lovely cardigans to ensconce me during this winter, uh, like a Harvest by Tin Can Knits, which is a fantastic cardigan with uh, a bit of garter and stockinette. Also the Campside cardigan by Alicia Plummer, that, that would be incredible, or the Portage sweater by Melissa Shashwari, uh, or even a lovely Little Wave cardigan by Gudrun Johnson because I think the texture of the yarn would look lovely in the texture of the design. So the textured cardigans were kind of what were going through my mind when I was knitting with this. And I found myself really looking forward to my lunch break every day because that's when I was doing my swatch knitting. I did it in a couple of, over a couple of lunch breaks. Um, it was a very satisfying knit indeed. The unwashed swatch was kind of squadgy, cottony, uh, a very lovely tactile feeling that keeps me touching it still. Uh, soft, but with a, a texture depth. Uh, and I blocked it around nine inches long, six inches wide. And when it was blocked, um, I was really happy to see how well the winged lace had blocked out, really nicely defined and uh, softer, again, uh, in in the... In the um, wash and block and I didn't wear it for a whole day uh, I didn't give it the full swatch road test but I could happily wear it against my skin I could feel those um, slightly longer finer fibres but they weren't they weren't rigid they did they did bend against the skin um, and after a little while of wearing it at my neck all I could feel was warmth really it was really really lovely I was really pleasantly surprised I knew I would like to try a blackface blended yarn but this was a bit of a revelation actually it was really really lovely and I've actually shown the swatches that I've knit with this to loads of people even non-knitters going 
you know those sheep you see everywhere not the cheviots but the ones with, <laughs> with the black faces and the horns this is their wool this is their knitting wool uh, the other yarn that uh, I got reviewed and I also knit with myself was the Linton and that is 50% blackface 25% Shetland and 25% South Down and this is what Anthea Willis, our lovely mucker for ne- for next month, thought. And remember, she didn't know what the yarn was. She only knew that it was a blend of yarns and it was 100% wool. She said, first impressions, soft, quite loosely spun, light and airy with a slight halo of longer white fibres. The yarn had little tickle, characterful rather than rustic. I'll come back to that word. Beautiful, soft, heathery colour. Looks slightly marled, guessing a DK weight. And yes, it is. It's a light DK. As for fibre content, I really have a gap in my woolly knowledge here. Something to work on, maybe. Maybe something to work on in 2018, Anthea, with the Wool Explorers Club. Uh, she says, the yarn is soft, but not alpaca soft. Reminds me of J... Uh, of Jimison's of Shetland Spindrift, but that might be the lovely marled colour more than anything else. So I'm guessing that there's some Shetland in it and maybe some Massam or Cheviot. Honestly, I haven't a clue. Hope I'm not letting the side down. No, absolutely not, Anthea. She says, I knit my swatch on four millimetre needles and I really wanted to try some old shale, but I added a bit of plain stock and uh, stitch too, just to see how the yarn behaved over a plain knit surface. The yarn was pleasant to knit with, not at all splitty, despite feeling quite loose and airy, and withstood a little ripping back uh, and re-knitting, and there was no obvious negative effect. The swatch blocked beautifully, the lace stitches and garter bumps are well defined, and the stocking stitch panel is smooth and even. The longer white fibres became a little more pronounced. The colour is even more gorgeous in the knitted fabric and the delicate lavender shade with darker flecks and lighter highlights where the different fibres in the blend took the dye to a greater or lesser extent was beautiful. The wear test. Those longer fibres do have a slight tickle but not enough to be noticeable to me although some may find it too much next to their skin. I wore my swatch tucked under my bra strap all day and was aware that it was there but didn't feel the need to remove it. It kept its shape well, no obvious signs of pilling at all. I think I would use this yarn for cosy winter cardies with a bit of lace. I didn't try cables in my swatch but I think it would cope well with those too. Gloves would be nice and warm or a hap shawl. Thanks for letting me test this yarn, Louise. I'm not especially confident in identifying yarn bases, but this one knits beautifully and I can't wait to find out where I can get some more. Well, now you know, it's lifelong yarns. And I also knit with this Linton double knit, light double knit. Um, and I'm in much agreement with Anthea. Um, thank you so much, Anthea, for giving us such a great review again. When I was knitting with it, remember it's Blackface, Shetland and Southdown. It had a lovely feel, almost linen-y, a little bit linen-y uh, or linen blend, um, which I loved. And I loved too that airiness of, of the ply. Um, wool is never just wooly, is it? And I feel sometimes that we need a texture thesaurus uh, to really to really help us with explaining all these different feelings of wool. In the ball, to me, it's rustically soft and rustic. I always say this when rustic is used. I don't think rustic is a characteristic that is synonymous with itch. But you do hear of people, not normally wool explorers like us, uh, but you do hear people using rustic to mean 
rough or itchy and it really isn't rustic is is homely and i say homely because that's the word we use in the uk i've been told that in the us homely means ugly but no it doesn't you can call it homey if you like but i'll call it homely in the dictionary definition it means simple simple hewn it means homespun it means unsophisticatedly simple it can mean coarse but i definitely like to move away from rustic meaning something that's harsh rustic is also textured also characterful and just as lovely as plump and soft and woolly in my um opinion humble be it so um i love the feeling of this linen-y soft rusticness in the knitting candy flossy with a very slight fibery halo very nice indeed. I felt a wee bit of lace was in order uh, for this one and did something called bud or leafy lace and knitted it up. It was beautiful. It knitted crisply. I knew it, it would block well. It's not hugely elastic-y. Although it did block well, I'm not quite sure how aggressively it would block if you're the project you're working on called for ag- aggressive blocking. I might need to revisit the swatch again uh, and try and block it a little bit bigger uh, and report back on its elasticity but I'm so pleased on how my lace swatch blocked uh, it opened up that bud lace beautifully I should say I used 4.5 millimeter needles with this yarn and the yarrow don't like that the idea that it's not elastic put you off because as I say I love how my swatch blocked and I'll put before and after pictures because it was beautiful little bundle of of um you know, you know when you knit lace and it's just all bunched up and it, you never think it'll block beautifully and this did and the the leaves are beautifully defined. Um, so I think something with all over lace would be lovely, but something like uh, Amy Christopher's Palm de Pin cardigan would be awesome. Very similar kind of simple uh, all over uh, lace leaf design. But if you're not up for a garment, but sticking with that, leaf motif I did just see a shawl that turned up in my Ravelry pattern recommendations by Linnea Orstein called Lamilla and this is a triangle shawl with twisted leaf motif and I think it would look so beautifully defined in this yarn in fact the design is knit in a Swedish cross which is as soft as merino but keeps the characteristics of the um, native Swedish sheep so I think a blend like Linton would be an amazing uh, yarn for for this design all that sturdy durability of the black face the fineness of the Shetland fleece and that bouncy south down which by the way is resistant to felting so I wonder if this yarn will actually be um, quite pill resistant it would be good to try that out wouldn't it um, I've not worn any of these swatches yet but I think both the yarrow and linton will be yarns that will make very warm very reliable and long lasting garments and accessories I think that the other yarns in this range from the other samples that Pauline sent me will also be the same and I was really struck by um, the beautiful uh, semi-worsted spin of all of these yarns you take a fleece like blackface and you know we know that it does have a higher micron count and that there can be coarser fibers but then you look at these yarns spun so beautifully and it really is like John and Juliet at the Border Mill have gone through each of these different blends and just twisted it enough so that the harsher fibers aren't digging into you they are spun just enough to keep the ply together like that be- the beautiful airiness of the linton or the fact that blended with the blue face lester it can be given more of a twist and it, oh that really made the best of each blend making them rustically soft delightful yarns to squish and it's really going to make you want to knit all of the things in these fantastic yarns of the other yarns the fala 50 50 blackface shetland makes you want to knit cables and garter and that inky black blue sutra 66% blackface 33% Shetland woolier with amazing stitch definition it would make incredible gansies and aran jumpers again I'm so delighted to see a breed like the blackface has been giving a status it deserves in hand knitting yarn and you can read more at lifelongyarns.com and see uh, my swatch and our woolly mucker swatches at knitbritish.net 
Thank you so much, Pauline, for letting us play with your incredible yarns. And thank you to Mazzy and Anthea for your amazing reviews. And to celebrate the launch of the Yarrow Fourply in the Natural Oatmeal and the Autumnal Roundberry, Pauline is giving away a skein of the uh, 50% Blackface, 50% Blueface Leicester in the four-ply. Pauline sent me a little sample of the four-ply just before recording this and I haven't had a chance to knit with it, but it has slightly less spin in it than the heavier weights. It's even squishier, it's even softer. Uh, Although it has slightly less spin, it has a beautiful rounded ply. Um, I think you'll really enjoy playing with this and the lucky winner, whoever you are, will indeed get that chance. So head on over to the Knit British Ravelry group for your chance to enter and remember to read the rules on how to enter. Can I also just say thank you to everyone who took part in the One Farm Yarn giveaway from the Knitting Goddess. It was just after my mini rant uh, last time on people not entering Uh, as requested and in that giveaway all the entrants were just exemplary so thank you very much Um, someone recently asked me why I don't announce winners on the show sometimes I do but I always do it in the in the Ravelry group if that's where the giveaway has been and I ear burn the winner. Um, it's usually I don't announce it on the show because I'm not drawing it on the show. I've usually set a date that's not coincided with the podcast and it's just easier to do it um, then and then rather than remembering the details for the show. So every now and again I do do it on here but if you've entered the giveaway in the Knit British Ravelry group then that's where I announce the winners in that thread. I never do, you know, competitions where I then say the winner and then ask them to get in touch with me because life's too short to wait for other people. So basically I ear burn you, I get you to send me your details and I pass them on to either the person who's given the prize or I send out your prize that week. So that that suits me better. But yes, uh, so thank you anyway to Pauline for this wonderful giveaway. Head on over to the Knit British Ravelry group to find out how a skein of your choice of uh, Yarrow, Blueface Lester and Blackface Yarn for Apply can be yours. Yarn is our sponsor this month and there are lots of lovely additions to the shop since she was last on the show. In the books department you'll find A Year of Techniques which I reviewed a few episodes ago. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're not familiar with it. This is an incredible book by Arnold Culliford Knitwear and Friends. Stunning book of designs and techniques which build on that much said sentence, particularly on this podcast, there is always something new to learn. So afterthought heels and thumbs garter grafting, magic cast on, turning heels and eight other amazing techniques are featured in the book with incredible designers such as Wooly Wormhead, Tin Can Knits, Ella Gordon. The book costs £19.90 from BritYarn.co.uk. Happet is the new book by Kate Davies and I got this. It's lovely. It pulls together uh, five of Kate's favourite hap, shawl, wrap designs, beautifully presented with two essays and gorgeous photography by Kate's husband, Tom Barr. In here you've got Hap for Harriet, Fantouche, Betty Moat's Cowl, the Funchal Cowl and the amazing Otter Hap, which I actually really need in my life. Uh, it's a contemporary twist on the traditional Hap, a very long uh, triangle of garter with a beautiful old shell edging. This is a lovely collection indeed. It's ten ninety five from Brit Yarn. It's a lovely collection with lots of our favourite haps in there. And I know lots of you Knit British listeners will really like this this book. It's a great one for the knitter in your life as well. I think this would make a great stocking filler. 
also new at the bookshelf uh, at BritYarn.co.uk is the accessories book by the Crochet Project. This is the first of their um, accessories books. It's got four sets of accessories, all with incredible crochet detail. I love the Crochet Project. They make, they really are so very clever and innovative with their designs. Their designs are approachable and so very hookable, if that's a word. And even for those of us, me, who are not so proficient at crochet, they make me want to just crochet all of their designs. Um, Also, there will soon be new Garthnor yarns on the shelves at Brit Yarn. Now, of course, I record ahead of schedule. At the time of recording, Isla is expecting these soon. So who wants some awesome wooly chunky yarns? Well, there will be Jacob's Chunky and a Manx Black Welsh Mountain Marl Chunky winging their way to Brit Yarn as I speak. Um, I say I record ahead of schedule, so do check out BritYarn.co.uk for those chunky editions. Who doesn't want all the chunky hats, mitts and cowls? Or, speaking of Kate Davies, an owl's sweater. I've just finished my owl sweater in New Lanark. It needs some eyes and then it can get its its first outing. Also on the topic of yarn, Isla is stocking the West Yorkshire Spinners Candy Cane Signature Sock. And this is their self-striping festive yarn, uh, which is going to make awesome socks. It's been really a hot item. Lots of people have have sold out of it. I know this is the second delivery that Isla's had. Uh, If you're not so much into the socks, designer Jane Burns has another option for you in this yarn. She has designed the Bubble and Squeak Fingerless Mitts. The mitts feature a simple cabled cuff with a bias stitch pattern in the wristies that look so striking in this self-striping yarn. They would make great gifts as well if you are so inclined to knit for Christmas gifts. And with the bias stitch, they fit from age seven to adult, which is amazing. The Bubble and Squeak Fingerless Mitts cost £3.50 on Ravelry, and I'll put a link in the show notes. And I think they're pretty cute. Jane, who is very kind, has given five patterns of the Bubble and Squeak Fingerless Mitts to give away. And I am going to do a random draw from five commenters in the Good Intentions October thread and they will each get a copy of the pattern from Jane. I always wanted to try and give a motivator prize, a well done prize or a carrot and stick prize away during the first quarter of the Good Intentions Club. So here we go. This is a fantastic um, prize indeed. So I'll draw those five lucky winners after I record the podcast. And thank you, Jane, so very much for your kindness in, in giving us those prizes. On Good Intentions, wow. Wow, wow, wow. There is so much good chat and work going on in there. I mean, just recently, there has been so many finished items. Uh, African Daffodil finished her incredible stroker sweater. Silver Spring Knit finished her version of the Irish coffee sweater by Thea Coleman. Hecky Thump finished her white horse sweater, which I know had been in the naughty corner quite a few times before getting it finished. Uh, Nitty, Nitty Narnar finished her After the Rain cowl, which is a brioche cowl by Joy McMillan, the knitting goddess. Uh, Slip Knit did some awesome mitts. There is just so much work going on in there. It's amazing and such great chat. My Aiken sweater is not one of the things that's going so well. But I have almost finished my Anora cardigan by Elizabeth Smith. Now, this wasn't one of my good intentions uh, quarterly project choices, but I have been knitting it in the yarn that I intended to knit it with, which is the Vrishkin yarn from Uist Wool, which is a dark cheviot. So that that counts, right? That that counts. I mean, my intentions are really good there. I, I think that counts. I'm loving it, by the way. It's amazing. I've lengthened the cardigan. Uh, this is an A-line, open-fronted cardigan, bit swingy. I think it's knit originally in a worsted weight yarn, but I've sort of gone down to a light double knit and it's really lovely. I'll put up pictures uh, and share them with the Knit British Ravelry group so you can see. If you are taking part in the Good Intentions keep up the good work. You are doing fantastically. 
And remember I said that Isla had a special discount code for you. Well, she does. If you use, all uppercase, NicheBritish96, you will get 10% off of your purchases from Brit Yarn. So this is an excellent opportunity. You guys, if you're interested in taking part in the wool exploration, you'll definitely get your North Sea, you'll definitely get Gotland. I'm not sure about Jacobs uh, or Ryland, but um, this is a really good opportunity for you to get a bit of a discount on, on that yarn. Maybe a good incentive for some of you, yeah? Thank you so much, Isla, for such a generous discount again. It's wonderful. So it's Knit British 96. Use it uh, when you check out. Thank you so much, Isla. Many of you will remember me mentioning the Doulton flock of Border Leicesters a few times before on the podcast. And when I heard that there was going to be a limited edition Aaron being added to the range, I was quite excited. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, the Doulton flock of Border Leicesters are owned by Ellie Stokeld. And you might have met Ellie and seen the Doulton flock stand at a lot of the wool shows this year. Three years ago, Ellie took the decision to have yarn spun at the Natural Fibre Company. And to my knowledge, there's no one else doing a hand-knitted wool, hand-knitting wool from Border Leicester Fleece. So I was quite excited um, when I first heard about this and actually interviewed Ellie for November back then. So I'll put a link in the show notes so you can, if you missed that the first time around, you can learn a little bit more about Ellie and the Dalton Flock. So since since then, there have been a DK and four ply and a great range of colours, all worsted spun, making a beautifully strong and lustrous yarn. Border Leicester is classed as at risk by the Rare Breed Survival Trust on their watch list. There are 900 to 1,500 breeding yows estimated. Um, as I said, I, you won't find a lot of this yarn um this wool in yarn form other than from the Dalton flock. The the other thing that I know is that some of you might be interested in is that the Dalton flock are a no-kill flock and they live to be old. And Ellie is very keen to stress that her flock have a higher welfare life and that this has a positive effect on their yarn. The border lesser sheep are described as a large hornless sheep with a sturdy, reliable fleece, which is about 29 microns up to about 40 microns. I would say that the Dilton flock Aaron I've been knitting with is much lower than that higher limit. The staple length is 10 to 25 centimetres long and the fleece and fibre field guide book says that the finer, sleeker fleeces make great hard-wearing comfy garments. So let's see how it road tested. Now if you have been following me on Instagram and I am knit underscore British on Instagram and Twitter um, if you've been following me there you might have seen me uh, different stages of working up this yarn. This Aran is in the natural colour. It's lovely. It's worsted spun. It's made of two beautifully twisted plies, twisted together. They almost look like a string of seed beads. Um, There's just, it's really, really, really distinctive yarn, I think. And I just couldn't wait to cast on a swatch that would show off the texture of the twist of this yarn. I I cast on what I now know is called an hourglass eyelet. Thank you, Erica Eccles. But I knew it as its form in Claire Devine's lapsang hat and cowl design. I was struck by the strength of this yarn and it's a very strong yarn and very smooth along the ply. So here's the snap. Let me just... Did you hear that? As a very smooth feeling along the ply in terms of softness, but it's got that lovely texture too. There are longer, uh, very fine fibres in amongst this yarn. So it's got that wee bit of fibery character too. These, these fine, I'm just going to pull one out now. 
yeah, they're they're really crimpy, very very fine, longer fibres indeed. Uh, knitting was lovely, really lovely, and very bouncy to knit with. I love the creamy feel of this yarn and the creamy colour of this yarn, and it knitted up really swiftly. I admit to stopping quite a lot to admire this swatch after every few rows. It's airy, it's textured. It's just lovely. Um, I blocked it to 6.5 by 8 inches. It's a big old swatch. I hardly ever do square swatches, ever. And I wore it to work on my hip. Now, it's like, because I knit these big swatches, they're always a little bit noticeable. You might remember last time I told you about the swatch that I had tucked under my T-shirt that um, that my colleague saw and was like, what's that? <laughs> um, so I wore it on my hip. Um, sort of at my, just at my, sort of at my belly, at my hip, at my waistband. I was not aware of it there at all, not at all. Uh, And I wore it there for the whole day. I also wore it at my neck and shoulder for a while. And while I did have an ever so slight tingle of a prickle at first, after a while, I wasn't aware of the the prickle or the tingle but I was aware that the swatch was there maybe again just due to the size of it Uh, something that really strikes me about this yarn and something that everyone I've shown this to um, since has said that that it's got such a fantastic natural creamy colour it's We've had this discussion before where people, some people think natural colours are boring. This is a really creamy, clotted cream, the kind of cream you have on your scones, that lovely golden texture, beautiful. And I think it would be really great for cables. I love how the sort of false cable and eyelet pattern looks in this and I think really chunky cables like an Aran sweater would be beautiful in this. I think it feels quote unquote like a traditional wool yarn. It's a great workhorse yarn but it's got that lovely luster and it's got that incredible worsted spin which makes it quite special. I really do think the construction of this yarn you know is eye-catching and different. The Aran is a limited edition. There are three colours along with this creamy natural that is a pastel blue, a pastel pink and a warmer blue. The other weights, the four ply and the double knit, have a much wider and richer palette of colours. So I know that the iron is limited edition, but I would have loved to have seen a less pastely palette for this time of year. And for there have been, you know, maybe a, a real autumn wintry colour in there, like the navy summer water, for example, or the deep green uh, Dalby colour, or the satisfying purple of the Kringle Moor colour but hopefully it will prove to be a popular weight and they may consider doing more colours in the future. I also noticed that there have been many skeins that have been released in the four ply very recently if you follow the Dalton flock on Instagram you will have seen this. The colours are incredible, there are different uh, packs of different shades, it costs £21.60 for five 20 gram skeins or £15.60 for a 100 gram skein of the four ply. The double knit and the Aran are both also £15.60. In the Aran, and they're all 100 gram skeins I should say, in the Aran you get 175 uh, metres which is pretty standard, but what you get is this incredible yarn with this incredible ply. I just love it. Um... There was only one drawback for me, and this is not a a big thing at all, and I know this is not uh, going to affect everyone, but it affected me. When I opened the yarn, and I did my usual, I unpacked it, and then I huffed really, really deeply for a sheepy smell, and I thought, you know, never smelt Border Leicester before. This is going to be a beautiful sheepy yarn. But instead of a sheepy scent... There was a really quite overpowering soapy smell. And I know lots of us use scented wool wash, but I really feel that skeined yarn shouldn't be washed in something so scented. Unscented is better. Sheepy scent is even better. We all love that, don't we? We'd all love to be able to bottle that natural sheepy scent. I know some of you disagree, but I know a lot of you don't disagree. And I know, you know, 
this is not a big drawback at all. It's just not my preferred smell. And I can happily say that if you don't like perfume um, soapy soapy washes, this washed out. I washed this in my usual unscented Ucelan and it washed, the smell washed away. So it was fine. And I, and I don't want you to be put off by that because... This is a really lovely yarn. Um, I know a lot of Knit British listeners have knit with the Dalton Flock yarns before and love it. And I hope that if this is a new to you yarn, you might check out borderlesser.com where you will not only find yarn and tops, but lots of information too about the sheep and about the flock. Thank you, Ellie, so very much for letting me test drive this uh, limited edition Dalton Flock Border Leicester yarn uh, in the Aran weight and if you come back next time to Knit British we might have a little giveaway for you of this limited edition Aran There is good news to tell you about Edinburgh Yarn Festival Did you see that the exhibitor list has been released for the 2018 festival which is from the 15th to the 17th of March? There is such a great amount of vendors that are going to be there. I don't know how we're all going to manage. (laughs) Saving starts now. Um, There are some incredible exhibitors, some returning and some who are attending their first Edinburgh Yarn Festival in 2018. Arnold Culliford Knitwear are going to be there. Cosmic Strings are going to be there. The Crochet Project. Iona Wool are coming back. I'm quite excited about that. As well as Jimison's of Shetland. Jimison and Smith are going to be there. Jill Draper Make Stuff is going to be there. I'm excited to see her yarns. Wensleydale Longwell Sheep Shop. It's their first Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Ewist Wool are back as well. Very exciting. And lots, of course, of your favourites like Blacker Yarns. Dye Ninja, Daughter of a Shepherd, Pom Pom are going to be there, Loop London are going to be there, Mothy and the Squid are going to be there, another one uh, attending for the first time. I know that Mothy and the Squid are very popular um, with a lot of knitters. So there's there's a whole heap of excitement uh, and you can check it out at edinyarnfest.com. Talking of Edinburgh Yarn Festival, the Wool Tribe Knitters Christmas Party is happening again. It's on the 2nd of December. It's in Edinburgh. It's from 5 o'clock and it's at ACFA. As well as all of the fun and games we had last year. Who can remember Heeds or Bahookies? Um, There will be a fantastic Swedish-style Christmas buffet, a glass of mulled wine and a tiny, yarny, pop-up market. Ginger Twist Studio will be there. Wooly Originals. Sarah will be there with her assistant Joe and bringing along a lot of her incredible machine-knitted uh, and design bags. The Crochet Project are going to be there. Woolen Flower is going to be there. Cosmic Strings is going to be there. And also, surprise guest... Hazel from Uist Wool is going to be there at the pop-up market, which is really quite exciting. So if you are interested and you can be in Edinburgh on December the 2nd, uh, go to www.wooltribe.com and uh, in the menu, click on the Christmas party and you'll find out all the details there. That is all for this episode of the Knit British Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. I want to say hello to the new kids in the Ravelry group because we haven't done that in ages. Let's see, who have we got? New kids in the Ravelry group. We've got uh, Galliano BC, who is... Oh, is somebody with no name from Galliano, British Columbia, Canada. We've got Uta, who is Mies, I think, from from Germany. We've got Rona1, who is Rona. I don't know where you are, Rona, but hi to you. We've got Lady Grey, who is Tracy, and she's in Nottinghamshire. We've got Corky, who is Kate, and she's she's in Iowa. Hi, Kate, in Iowa. And we've got Kate May 70, who's Catherine, and she's from the UK. And uh, we've got 2,396 members in the Knit British 
Ravelin Group now. That's incredible. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for everything that you you contribute to over there. Don't forget, we have lots of threads for you to be involved in. We've got the Good Intentions first quarter chat. You can still take part in that if you want. You've got until uh, the 31st of December before the next, I suppose, the next quarter starts in January. Um, We've got the Remakery thread happening over there. There's lots of remakes happening. There is a giveaway Um, We've got the discount thread over there, which is really great. The charity pin board. So if you know of anyone who's looking for knits for charity, stick a link in there with all the info. Um, That would be great. Um, We also have other really great threads in there. Like we've got a thread in there just now on American grown yarn. Louise Pants who is uh, Scottish but lives over in, in the States now, she has started this thread with a great list of American-grown yarns. So if you're interested in, in buying local yarns, if you live in America, that's going to be a really great thread for you. Yeah, there's so much going on. We also have our 100 episodes jumper bunting thread. And oh my goodness, you guys, jumper buntings are arriving on my doorstep and they are amazing. Like, they're absolutely amazing. I just thank you so much uh, for, for knitting bunting for Knit British. Uh, and if you are so inclined, we are knitting jumper bunting for the 100 episodes of the Knit British podcast in January. Get over into that thread. The pattern is there. It uses a small amount of double knit yarn. And my goodness me, it's creating the most cutest little jumpers ever. Uh, if you're in North America and you are worried about posting to the UK, Claire from the Woolly Thistle has offered to be your drop-off point and you can send your jumper buntings to the Woolly Thistle, PO Box 312, Meriden, NH03770 and um, she will send your bunting over to the UK. Thank you so much for those of you who have already sent bunting. Thank you to those of you who are knitting it. Thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for everything, really. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you are excited about the wool exploration in 2018 and next level wool wool exploration. I will be back around the beginning of December with more. Take good care until then. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British and I'm on Ravelry as Lira. Take care of that throat. You're a big
I got no glory. I got no fame. I got no big mansions. I got no money. But I've got... What have I got? I don't know. What have you got? I gotta get out of here.